So, Robin, how's the everything going? <laughs> it's all going so much. <laughs> this is Right Place, Right Time, and we've had a very eventful month. <laughs> The biggest news right now is that your book is out. Yeah. Uh, no One Returns from the Enchanted Forest is on bookshelves now. It is a middle grade graphic novel uh, from First Second, and it is my author illustrator debut. And launching it has eaten my life. <laughs> and uh, Lucy, you are also kind of busy right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Spring term is ending for me, which means I'm staring down finals at the moment. And I've already started doing some of them. Um, by the time this comes out, I should be done, but that doesn't really help, like, right now me. I just have to <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to summer, where, where I will have time to kind of catch up on everything. Um, among them, editing my novel and looking for an agent. <laughs> <laughs> and you, are, you and I are going to go to a virtual conference in June, which I'm very excited about, and it should be, you know, very motivational for both of us. Yes. Um, yeah, I haven't done an SCBWI, um, that's Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, I haven't done one of their conferences in a while, and I really am excited to have that that motivation. It would be even better if we were in person, mm -hmm. but this way I can just like, I don't have to drive anywhere and be there at eight o'clock in the morning. I can just roll out of bed and be <laughs> in my office at eight o'clock in the morning, and that's like way more doable for me. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I've never been, I've been to other conferences, but I've never been to this one before. And I'm a little apprehensive because I'm going to actually do some, like, one-on-one -on -one and, like, critique yeah. group things. And um, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> yeah, I hope I get good feedback. I've got, I've kind of done stuff like that in the past and, like, writer, like, retreat things and, and gotten good feedback. So um, I'm hoping it will be, you know, really useful and not too terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it'll be great. So, Robin, your last month has understandably been taken up by book stuff. Do you want to talk about that process a little bit? Yeah, I, I can do that a little bit. I think that there's a lot about book promotion and everything that I still need to, like, process. <laughs> and it will be very relevant to our podcast, like, next year or so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, there was this whole process from the beginning to this point is, like, I don't know, there's a lot. And I've had time to process a lot of it. So I think I think I can talk. Excellent. <laughs> so normally when a book comes out, there is a release party at a bookstore and possibly a book tour, kind of depending on the, you know, the press that's publishing it and, and your local area and your genre and stuff too. But since we're in COVID times, how did your publisher first second handle that for you? Yeah, the um, book tour, like school visit stuff should be happening in fall because even without COVID, a May launch for Kidlet is kind of incompatible with school visits <laughs> because sure. like May 25th, like there was barely a week or so left of school and it's who wants to schedule a visit at the end? I mean, actually, maybe they kind of do because it helps you like get your uh, your school year wound down without <laughs> having to do anything. But I don't know, with COVID, that that was not happening. Um but for a second got me hooked up with a splendid local bookstore, Green Bean Books, 
who has been doing really nice online launch events throughout the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we worked through them. Yeah, and that was very fun. I got to I got to watch some of that. Yeah. <laughs> you and Editor Will, our hero, ended up doing a lot of video editing and stuff over the last month, right? Like, I loved seeing the little graphics you put up counting down to your release day. So kind of how was all of that? Yeah, seriously, Will is a hero for putting together and lending his vision to the book trailer and also the videos we made for launch events. To be honest, being on video is not only new to me, it was kind of torture. <laughs> I had a complete dysphoria breakdown, but I got through it. And I ended up having a lot of fun reading the first two chapters with like character voices. Um, that was that was great. Thank you, <laughs> Lucy and podcasting for making that totally comfortable. Um <laughs> Will went above and beyond by making that section of the video a sequence where he, like, scanned through panels rather than just me holding up the tiny book awkwardly and pointing. <laughs> so that was amazing. Um, and you can uh, – listeners can can see both of these videos um, on YouTube. We'll, ha we'll have links. Um, mm -hmm. I spent a chunk of this year learning to make motion graphics and cute promo book ads um, – because I just, that's what I wanted to see. Like, that's what I wanted this book to have. And so I made them. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to learn to use uh, parts of software I hadn't really used before and to figure out timing. And I had a lot of um, frustrating moments trying to save things out as GIFs and discovering which social media outlets understand which formats. <laughs> and it was annoying. But, um, but I really love everything I made for this book. And it's laid the foundation for what I'm going to do for future books, which is great. And and hopefully they reach some people. Yeah, that's great. I, I loved all of them. And specifically that, that little video of you reading the first two chapters is so enjoyable because, like you said, Will did a great job of making really you be able to like read along with it so that you're seeing all of the art and you can kind of pick up because there are so many little details and like your backgrounds and stuff. And I love the voices you did. It was just so fun. <laughs> yeah, like the, the voices they have in my head. The main character, I just gave her my own voice, but like with, with a little bit of a I don't know, even more serious inflection. And it was fun because she's also the narrator. So mm -hmm. that was an interesting, like, it was like, okay, whatever most of the dialogue, like most of the words have to be easy for me to do. And it <laughs> let um, the little sister character have a really distinctive voice, which was extremely fun. <laughs> yeah, I love her. It was so fun all, all around. <laughs> Thank you. So this project has been a long time coming, hasn't it? I know graphic novels, at least in my mind, take longer than novels for reasons of having like, both words and art hundreds and stuff. Hundreds of pictures. Yeah, hundreds of pictures. But how long did this project take you kind of from like pitch to release? Okay. Here's the problem is that graphic novels are not necessarily given longer than a novel mm. at all. Sometimes graphic novels are given less time than people Ooh. get for a novel, depending on who the author and the publisher are. Um, my first was definitely like we had a year to do it. But that kind of didn't count the script, which is weird. Mm. There, it's weird. Like, there's a lot of weirdness with this. It's a whole other can of worms and not that relevant um, to the rest of this question. Novels usually, of course, have a long pre-production time, right? Like, before you ever pitch and, and write it, like, like, it can take a long time to even become the person who can write that novel, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how it is with every graphic novel project too, right? Like it's it's like it's the same, like you have to get good enough to do the thing you want to do. Um I pitched this graphic novel in November of I think 2017. I think that that is the time because I had finished um City on the Other Side. I'd finished drawing that or for a second like summer of that year. Um and it was turned in and it was out of my hands 
And I was really lucky. I'd never been to New York. I We live on the West Coast of the United States. And um, I accompanied my aunt to New York to see legendary Italian folk singer Francesco De, De Gregori at the <laughs> town hall, which is this wonderful old theater and like i got a few appointments with publishers face to face and got to say hi to my my agent and you know we we met at books of wonder and like it was so nice to see like the publishing industry like in situ right like it was Mm -hmm. really cool it was a great experience and something that i've managed to never go there for conventions or anything Mm -hmm. um so I got to pitch that book face to face. That like, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, like I got to tour the first second. Like, and they didn't invite me to pitch. They invited you know, like it was really just to like, man, I'd love to see everybody and thank everybody in person. And then they all turned to me and were like, okay, so what do you want to do next? And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm so excited. And I think there was a like, does it have fairies in it? And I was like, yes, but it has goblins in it. And they were like, okay, no, we're on board. And that was like, <laughs> that was really nice. That was Aww. such a beautiful moment. Um, I think I sent them a full pitch package with like a bunch of finished pages and a really detailed outline in like January. So that means like, I think I just really nose to the grinder got through December and part of January, like making sure that everything was like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um and um, my agent set, sent them the pitch package. And then um, Emerald City Comic Con is the beginning of March. Hmm. So in 2018, um, they were promoting Sydney on the Other Side at the time. And I was helping them out. And they were kind of like saying, oh, we've all seen your pitch. And like, that was really exciting. Um, and like right after Emerald City, they made an offer on the for the for the pitch. And um and we accepted it. So a lot of 2018 was spent writing the script while I was waiting for the contract to get finished. Contracts always take a million years. <laughs> um, and and the advice in anything but publishing is don't do any work until the contracts are signed. In publishing, I don't think that's possible. Hmm. It's like once the you have accepted the offer, especially if you have an agent who is working or or a lawyer working on the contract stuff with you, you're like it's going to take months. Um. And so I used that time to write it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it was a little stressful because I needed my I needed my editor to also be on board with this and I needed to find out like hey was there any is there anything you want to have changed and I was really nervous there would be and I think really early in summer um my editor was like yeah no like just go just like <laughs> we, we will edit stuff when we see a script but we like everything you're planning to do sounds great so go for it which was not what I had to hear that could have heard anything from that process right <laughs> mm-hmm. um so it was exciting that like okay i had a solid enough outline that i could just work on the script and i i worked really hard on it um i worked on it all that summer and like i think i wrote three or four drafts of the entire thing um i cannot make comics without a script i know so many comic artists who do not script really like they mm-hmm. they thumbnail and and like and then write like dialogue and narration stuff like at the same time i cannot do that i am very verbal and i need words <laughs> and i need to describe scenes to myself before i draw them sometimes like i literally can't like there are things about um comic paneling and stuff that it's a big pain in the ass for me to try to describe Mm. but the feel of everything i actually can describe better than i can thumbnail it sometimes so it was um it was helpful and so we revised that script a bunch going back and forth with the editor um it was really great 
Um, I really trusted her and having input to help make the plot points clear from the get-go made me feel really solid going into the drawing. And then I did thumbnails for all 225 pages <laughs> in like a month at the beginning. I think I think it was like February 2019. Ooh. And then I made the comic, which took until summer of 2020. <laughs> so yeah, like that was, you know, two, it, it was two and a half years, but from beginning to end of like what was official by by the standards of the publisher, it was like 18 months or mm. less. Mm-hmm. It was like a year. Um which is usually what the con- like usually the contract for a graphic novel there's a lot of controversy about this. Usually it says um you have a year to do a 200 page, 250 page graphic novel and that is not enough time. But my experience has been that usually not always. Usually a year really means 18 months because mm. they can't give you feedback as promptly as they write into their own schedule and usually if they if they're late on their schedule they give you that time. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes that doesn't happen and that can be really stressful. And especially towards the end of both projects, things that I would have had like a month to do earlier were like, no, 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 we need that in like three days. Like, can you have it done by Monday? Like, we need this immediately. And I was like, okay, okay, got to step up production. Like, sometimes those deadlines are very, very real. Like, they're like, no, we literally need this or this can't get shipped in time. Like, mm-hmm. like at some point things get locked in, um, but things are often more flexible than they seem. Mm. And I feel like it, for me, I am saving a lot of trouble by doing so much pre-production mm. that if I have already written the script, like, yeah, that's a lot of time in my life, but it means it's time that it means that I can spend as much time as it needs to write. Like the script gets the time that it needs rather than me needing to cram it into three months and taking that away from drawing. So yeah, I would rather have beautiful scripts that don't get made then have a project where I need to figure out how to care when I'm on a deadline and stressed out. So, mm-hmm. And I guess the upside there is if for some reason a project did fall through, you do still have that script at that point. Like you might be yeah. able to make it work later, either just with a different publisher or just in a different like publishing environment or whatever. Like it's not necessarily like dead forever. <laughs> and a little bit of revising, as we keep saying, this is the year of revisions, mm-hmm. right? Like <laughs> a little bit of revising to get th- something into a shape for another project is like not hard. Like that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's worse to start from nothing when you're stressed. It is much <laughs> better to have something that you can finesse. So yeah. Yeah. The ability to write something um, as your brain like depicts it to you or whatever is one of those things that i think you actually get less of the more professional you become because once you start having contracts and like especially if you're writing series and stuff like you sort of lose that ability to just noodle around forever with a rough draft like i mean i don't say this i guess from personal experience but once you're you know pitching things before actually like writing them especially with novels um yeah, like you then have to write the thing. It's not like yeah. you can spend five years figuring out what you're writing. Like you actually yeah. have a deadline. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially if you're doing genre stuff, mm-hmm. as much pre production, like some things will happen as you write, or else it's a really mechanical process and most people don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Like some things will be developed, but man, as much, it's like no one can pay you or give you enough time to make a fully realized developed Tolkien-esque world. (laughs) That has to come from you. Mm -hmm. And it has to come from your own time. There's just no way to make that happen. And it's part of why some projects, some movies and things feel really weirdly shallow. It's Mm because they are. 
Yeah, well, movies especially may have had like five different script writers, not oh, of them goodness. working There's together. There's a lot of reasons why movies <laughs> may be a big mess. It's true. It's true. <laughs> anyway, speaking of revising and stories, so did this story change a lot over that time? Like, I know you posted some um, like first sketch versus final art comparisons, which I adored, especially because I remembered seeing those first yes. sketches. It was so nice. <laughs> but what about like the the kind of plot and structure of the story? No, no. Um. They didn't change that much. Oh. Is my the short answer <laughs> is like I had a really strong concept of what I wanted to do pretty early because before I had that strong concept, I just had vague feelings of this is the kind of thing I might like to do next in my life. I I had like concepts of what would be good for my next book to be. I was like mm. I, I want it to be self-contained, I want it to be aimed at this age group, like bunches of things that aren't very inspiring, and then I had to find what was inspiring. And once I had all of that, I worked like I had a really strong outline and it did not deviate that much from that outline mm. because I just didn't consider it to be a project until it was that firm. Mm -hmm. Um I, I've taught myself to do that recently. I, it wasn't always like this. For a long time, two character designs in a vague yearning was a project <laughs> to me. And at this point, I'm like, all those are proto-projects. Then those are those are the excitement that I can put into things. But like, yeah, like I really just spent so much time working on that script. And I, I didn't pitch it until I had that really solid outline, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the big changes happened in my brain as I wrote it. Like, a lot of those first round of revisions, like I had a really clear, again, clear picture of what I wanted to do. And once it was in production, yeah, some things didn't work quite the way I thought they were going to. Um, but most of the time, it kind of was just small finessing moments. Mm -hmm. Now, comics are tough to revise because you can edit the text, like, I don't know, like big issues with a script can be edited in a script format. Right. And the dialogue and the narration text, like the, you know, the the words on the page of a comic, those can be, you know, finessed endlessly. There's no <laughs> end to fixing that stuff. Right. But there's a lot that has to be drawn. And I mean drawn, not just thumbnail sketch form, like mm -hmm. actually finished art to t before you can tell whether it's really going to work. So it's like the, the script itself really did not have that many revisions. Um, there was some moving around events a lot of that. Like, there was a lot mm. of stuff where in the middle I needed to move mo beats around so that the right beats got us to the right place. Um, it has kind of a parallel narrative where you're following two different characters, having two different things happen, and I had to, like, carefully balance that, um, which maybe I was successful with. Um, I, it, it works as a story, luckily. But, like, man, um, there are only so many things you can edit in a script for a comic. At some point, you have to actually look at it and then you can tell if something's not working. Um, so we did actually end up making um, revisions on the art as well, which was mostly art, like literally just art revisions, like mm. clarifying the action, making sure the drawings made sense and were like clear. Um, but there were a couple pages where we had to change around what the action was. Like there were sequences we were like, okay, this just didn't this sounded great in a script and it didn't work visually, so let's find a new way to do this. There were a couple of those. It was mostly stuff like that that had mm. to be changed. I think that most of the panel-by-panel -panel pacing did not need to be changed very much because 
I was basically editing as I made the work, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which makes sense with how I write and edit prose, too. <laughs> I can see that, though. Like, if you're drawing a scene and you're just like, okay, this action does not make sense. Like, you can write at the time, kind of adjust it. Um, so it doesn't need as much, like, you know, go back and completely redo it, you know, because you just kind of fixed it as you were doing it. <laughs> yeah. So were there a lot of differences kind of in, like, the processes and everything between this and when you illustrated The City on the Other Side? They were so different. Um, seriously, with someone else's script, and that was also my first big comic project, mm -hmm. I was really focused on trying to make someone else's vision come alive. And I we had done a lot of development together. It was not a project where I was just totally a hired gun. Like, we, we knew each other. Meredith Scott is an amazing writer, and I was really lucky – to meet her at a convention. We were at a panel together. It's how that book happened. It was great. <laughs> um, and like, honestly, her script was wonderful and I just wanted to bring it to life. Um, with this one, though, I had to have that vision. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the hard part. And then executing it was easier since it was all stuff that like, it was all me, mm -hmm. right? It was stuff that I would want to do and that I thought looked cool and I didn't have to draw a train. <laughs> Although I loved drawing the train for the city on the other side, but it was definitely like, this project was when I was like, what is easy for me to draw? Rocks and trees. <laughs> like, cool. It's going to be a lot of rocks and trees because I can do that. And I feel really comfortable with that. Um, it did mean revisions felt more personal since it was mm -hmm. all, but it was all, you know, for the clarity and quality of the book, so it was totally fine. Like, I actually felt pretty good about the revisions. Like, most of the time I would hear them, I'd be like, oh, yes, great, perfect, this will make it better. And that's, like, exactly where you want to be. <laughs> I'm glad. So, I guess the the question of the hour or whatever is, how does it feel to have your first book, both written and drawn <laughs> by you, out there in the wild, in, like, people's hands? <laughs> <laughs> it's so surreal. Um, man, every time I hear someone has read it, I just want to hear everything. I want to just like shake them and say, tell me everything you thought about it. Did it work? Oh my God. This was in my head for so long, you know, for years, right? Obsessing and developing. I know it's real and it's out there. And mostly like, look, I'm going to get the, the best feedback on some level from adults who are reading it because like they can talk to me about it and whatever. But like, man... I really just want to hear from kids. Like, mm. I want to see kid art. I want to hear what they liked about the characters because, like, it's really for them. <laughs> and that's, like, I'm really looking forward to school visits and stuff because I'll get a, a little more of a chance to do that. So that will make it feel even more real, I think. Yeah, I'm very excited when you can, um, you know, start actually doing those visits and stuff. Because, yeah, it makes sense that that would happen more in fall. And especially yeah. since that gives the world a little bit more time to be more opened up. That's yeah. kind of convenient. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it would be very normal and fine to not have made any progress on anything else during this last month or so, but where are you with all those other projects? Do you have any goals for June? Yeah, I made uh, zero progress on <laughs> anything else. Um, but but I say this, but I actually you know rewrote a picture book a couple times this year, mm. um, and my last round of revisions for that picture book were accepted, so June will be time for me to actually work on that sweet baby. Yay. and. Like, I'm really looking forward to that. I get to do that, like, this week. I get to start focusing on it again, and that's really nice. Um, and I want to edit, like, my goal is to edit three chapters of my novel this <laughs> month. Please, like, just three is all I ask for. <laughs> just three. Like, that'll be fine. One. One would be fine. Excuse me. 
Anything. I think three is perfectly fine. I think one is fine. Honestly, I think if you take June off and just like sleep, I would also count that as fine <laughs> and important for your novel. But whatever, whatever you do. I'll make okay. sure I get sleep. <laughs> All right. So Lucy, I think I, I think I talked this whole episode away. Yeah, we'll I just have having to... <laughs> I kept having more questions for you. <laughs> I think we'll have to do a whole other episode um, on you because the last time we talked, um, you had landed on an editing process that was working for you, and I want to know everything about it, please, <laughs> and not try to cram it into two minutes. Um, so yeah, like let's pick that up next time. Yes, I'm very excited for that. So, speaking of all the things, let's get back to working on them. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for joining us in the right place, which is wherever you happen to be. At the right time, which is whatever time you've got. Happy writing! Happy writing!